In today's episode of Real People, Real God, Misu and Lindsay continue their Through the Bible Character series with Jacob's story, examining how God changed his heart and then his name to Israel. Hi, this is Misu. And this is Lindsay. Welcome back, everybody. We are so glad you joined us today. Lindsay, how's your day? You know, it's pretty short so far. Um, <laughs> I I haven't even been awake for very long yet this morning. And I know, like, you're about two hours behind me over there on the West Coast. But I bet you've yep. gotten so much more done this morning than I have because you oh, are a self-proclaimed morning person. I am. And I am a self-proclaimed not a morning I, person at yeah. all. <laughs> so yeah, I was up at dark 30. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. And I'm just finishing my first cup of coffee, but that's really all I need in the morning. So we're going. My my day's short so far, but I think it's it's good. And I'm glad to be here talking to you. How are you doing over there being up for so long already? How are you, you doing? Know, I'm, I'm good. I was up earlier. I thought I had a radio interview this morning. And then I looked at my calendar and I looked at emails. and I, I even got up a little earlier than normal. And I was like, oh, oh, no, it was... <laughs> postpone until august 20 so so i'm like way into my coffee pot now Mm -hmm. and yeah Yeah. i've been up a while like a long while so as a not morning person one thing Uh i hate the most is if i get up early to do something i don't need to do that day so i would be i would be really upset if i was in your shoes right now (laughs) yeah no yeah it's okay i just got more done so that i'm good i'm good yes (laughs) well let's hop into this through the Bible character series that we've been doing. And today we're going to be talking about the final father of the faith, Jacob. And I'm so excited to talk about Jacob today. You know, we started touching on his life a little bit last time when we were talking about Isaac and just how Jacob is so swindly. He's such a deceiver. And I was getting real cranky about Jacob. But this week, I am excited for us to talk about some of the things that we've looked at with some further study and seen in Jacob's life. Um, our, our real God was choosing him even before he was born. We talked about that last time and was working in his life, even when he was deceiving his brother and his father. And this time we're going to look even more at this deceiver, this man who is determined to get what he wants and who just grasps the heel, grasps at everything. And we're going to see how our real God shows up for him. And I think it's really exciting. So, Misu, why don't you open the scene for us today and sort of set the stage for Jacob's life here? Okay, well, the last time we saw Jacob, he was fleeing his home in Canaan because his brother Esau was really angry at him because he'd just right. stolen Esau's birthright, his blessing, everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so Jacob is running away. His mother, Rebecca, had talked his dad into giving him this blessing. Um, but you know what? We found out it wasn't really Rebecca talking him into it. It was through the spirit that Isaac did that. And he sent him off to Rebecca's brother, Laban, in Haran. And so Jacob's on his way to Haran, and he has this dream. And God presents himself in this dream. And it's the first personal encounter that we see with Jacob and and God, Isaac's God at this point. And Hmm. it happens at Bethel, uh, which actually means house of God. And Hmm. Jacob names it that. And he sets up an altar there. And he kind of has this first time encounter with this God of his father. And it's just reminds us that, you know, God has no grandchildren. Every, every single person has to have that 
personal encounter. Nobody's nobody's going to get into heaven on coattails of mom and dad. So right. um, he listen to what God says. He says, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. Notice, not Jacob just yet. I will mm-hmm. give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and the east, to the north and the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. That's a really, that's a really strong promise there at the end of that. All those statements at the end, you know, at first it kind of sounds just like the regular blessing. Your descendants will be many and all this, but mm-hmm. there at the end, like those are some really strong yeah. promises. I am with you. I will watch over you. I will bring you back. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you, especially that one. That sounds a lot like I will not let you go. And Ooh. it actually sounds, yeah, doesn't it sound a lot like Jacob, you know, this, this heel grasper, the one who's always holding on and not letting go and very determined yeah. about, about that. And it actually, it sounds a lot like Jacob's statement when he wrestles with God, when he says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. That kind of sounds like what God says here. I will not leave you until I've done what I've promised you. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. We'll get there. We'll talk about <laughs> we'll Jacob there. wrestling with God. Yeah, but yeah. just keep in mind, I want us to keep in mind as we think about this yeah. whole story of God with Jacob, that our real God here is is kind of showing some stubborn determination, I think, to this to this very stubborn guy. He's showing some intense grasping to our chronic grasper, if you yeah, will. And like, I think that's interesting. But here's the deal. You know, God is like all in. But mm-hmm. here's here's what Jacob says. He's like, okay, God, if you'll do all that, then the Lord will be my God and I'll give you a tenth of everything. But it's like all conditional. It's like all conditional <laughs> yeah. if you'll do all those things. So here's the God of all creation saying, I'm going to do all these fabulous things for you, Jacob. And Jacob's like, yeah, if you'll do that, then I'll do this. It just sounds like the mind of a deceiver. I mean, like it doesn't that, you know, you know, here's God with this all in full promise. And Jacob's like, "Mm, we'll see, prove it. That just sounds to me like, yeah, yeah, very slow to trust. Sounds like Mm -hmm. the mind of a deceiver. You know, when you're used to tricking people, you probably always keep an eye out to make sure you're not being tricked. It's, it's kind of like the pickpocket who's always watching his own pockets because you know that that's what people do. And so, Exactly. So don't you think that Jacob probably thought, yeah, right, God, sure, you'll be with me wherever I go. You say that now, but you're just lying to get me to do what you want me to do. I know this trick. I've done it before. There you go. We'll see. We'll see if you really come through, you know, and also when I when I read this part and I thought about it, I had to ask myself, do I ever project my own faults or the faults of other people? on God? Do I ever do that? You know, how easy is that for us to do? How often do I think that God might be a liar or mean or unloving or unkind or impatient or angry or what have you, because that's who I am, or that's who I have been to other people or what others have been to me. Oh, And I think, you know, that kind of projecting onto God is easy for us to do. (laughs) It's easy for us to do. And Jacob doesn't, he doesn't know our real God yet. Like you said, this is his right. first right. personal encounter with God. And let's face it, it takes 
a long time to get to know the character of God. It takes, yes, many encounters over a lifetime to get to know God. So I can kind of understand why he's slow to trust. It seems stupid in the face of our real God's promise, but I can kind of understand Mm -hmm. why as a human, he would be kind of slow to trust God, but our God sticks with them and, and continues showing up. So where do they, where do they go next? God sticks with them. Where do they go next? Well, you know, the next, the next few parts here are just going to be more examples of Jacob's bullheadedness um, and his willingness to, you know, swindle and deceive to get what he wants. But, oh, finally, Jacob gets swindled. And so Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's about time. You know, know. honestly, I I was waiting for Jacob's own deceit to just bite him in the butt to just come back and get him. So it really makes me chuckle a lot that he's that he's about to get swindled. There's yeah. just a little wicked delight in that whole thing, yeah. you know? Yeah, you just mm-hmm. got to admit Tell it. Tell us yeah. about it. <laughs> All right, so he arrives in Haran, and good old Uncle Laban, you know, mother's brother, where he lives, and he he meets up with some shepherds there, and he tells them he's related to Laban, and they're like, oh, hey, look over there. Here comes Laban's daughter, Rachel, right now. And it's just sort of this, you know, love at first sight thing. So what does Jacob do? He walks over, and he kisses her, like very first thing. <laughs> Hello, I'm going to kiss you now. And, and, you know, that's like this whole bullheaded determination thing. Yeah. Right off the bat again. And he's running around doing it. uh, And then he introduces himself after the kiss. How about that? Is that not? Very good. So. Very good. (laughs) The thing is, I mean, that would be a little abrupt in our culture, but in the Hebrew culture, that was yeah. That that was. Not acceptable. Not acceptable. No. and. And then this is interesting. When she takes him home to daddy, to, to Uncle Laban, <laughs> you know, Laban accepts him. I don't know if they mm-hmm. told him about the kiss or not, but I mean, that's really, he accepts <laughs> him. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. And and Laban says, you know, just because you're family, I'm not going to have you work for me for free. Snake, slither, slither, Uncle Laban. <laughs> and, and he says, here, Jacob, you just tell me what fair wages would be. And Jacob says, I'm enamored with Rachel. So let's just, I'll work seven years for her. And they make this deal. And, you know, women are just property back then, which. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, oh, you I know, know what would be a fair wage for me? Your daughter. Oh, yeah, lovely. Isn't I know, that great for us? Great, honest, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it just mm-hmm. is what it is back then. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. We're, mov- we're moving on. So at the end of seven years. <laughs> Laban throws this big bash, this big wedding feast. Jacob drinks probably a little too much wine. He gets into the wedding tent and boom, wakes up the next morning. Oh, hmm, not Rachel. Leah, Rachel's older sister. Swindled. Swindled, (laughs) which is just Mm -hmm. great. And I'm happy about the whole swindling against Jacob, but my heart just breaks for Leah, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, already women are property, and now you get given, and you're not even the one he wanted, and uh, oh, I just yeah, that's rough. And then Uh I, you know, the whole Genesis twenty nine thirty, Jacob, loved Rachel more. I I mean, it just Mm -hmm. comes right out and says that because Jacob is furious when he wakes up with Leah in his bed. And he stomps mm-hmm. out and says to Laban, I wanted Rachel. And so Laban agrees to give him Rachel after he spends a wedding week with Leah. 
Can you imagine? He's just determined to have what he wants. He's determined to have Rachel, that beautiful young woman that he He wants. And even though he's been swindled, he won't stop until he gets it. (laughs) And thus begins another dysfunctional family. It's so sad. It is. It's just (laughs) this like loving someone more than the other is just so sad. And yeah, we see. So we see this dysfunctional family continue, and we see it grow when all of a sudden all these children start being born. And this is just kind of a mess. So (laughs) Leah starts having son because Rachel discovers that she's barren and Leah desperately wants Jacob to love her. So she starts bearing him some sons in hopes of that. Rachel gives her maidservant as a wife to Jacob, kind of like Sarah did. This has happened before because she wants to, you know, to have her maidservant bear some sons for her, which she does. And then Leah competes with that by giving her maidservant to him and they just jacob's passed back and forth from wife to wife and maidservant maidservant conceiving 10 sons and one daughter in a really quick amount of time and that is just i mean what a way to start a family what what a way to to you know birth all of your sons that is not a great start. And this is God's chosen people. These are the people, the 10 tribes of Israel, the eventual nation of Israel. This is God's people. That's how their stories begin. Like, oh, oh my goodness. And all this time, Jacob really only loved Rachel. He's having all these sons with all these women. And really, he just loves Rachel and none of the rest of them. This is a sad family picture. It is. And Rachel is this wife that he was so determined to have. And she can't bear a child. And so imagine when she finally bears a son. And yeah, I mean, you know, she's she got does. 10 other sons. Mm-hmm. He's got a daughter, 10 other sons. But when Rachel bears a son, it's like, you know, the whole world stops. But when Rachel bears a son, they name him Joseph. In Genesis mm-hmm. 30, 25, it's really interesting. It says, after Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me on my way so I can go back to my own homeland. It was like he finally had what he was so determined to have, a son of Rachel. Mm -hmm. And now I'm ready to go home. I need to go back to my homeland now that I have this this special son, this son of Rachel that I'm so determined to have. He had worked for it. He had grasped it. He was determined to have it. Now he had it, and I'm ready to go. And Mm -hmm. how how did his father-in-law respond to that request, Lindsay? Well, his uncle Laban doesn't want him to leave. I mean, he's been working for his uncle Laban for years, and I imagine he's a good worker, too. So his uncle Laban begs him to stay because this was really interesting. Uncle Laban begs him to stay because Laban says he's learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you, is what Laban says to him. That's interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Not a great, not a great yeah, practice. Don't like um, that. No, but it's interesting to me that this is a statement that our real God is mm-hmm. using Jacob as a blessing to Laban. And yeah, we don't cool. even know if Jacob is fully committed to this God yeah. yet, if he's really following this God. But in the meantime, our God is blessing him just like he said he would. He's with him and he's using him to bless Laban. And you remember God's initial call of Abram and the promise there where he said, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I will bless others through you. That's what he's doing here with Jacob because that's, that's the terms of this, this promise and this blessing and this covenant. And so even though Jacob's, 
he is even though jacob's a deceiver even though his uncle's a deceiver the lord is using jacob to bless his uncle which i just think is is really cool so yeah anyways uncle laban begs him to stay Jacob agrees to stay longer and keep working for him. And then they work out. There's this whole strange scene. I don't really understand very well, but they work out this deal for Jacob's wages where he gets all the spotted or striped or mottled sheep in the flock. And so then Laban sneakily removes all the spotted sheep. But then Jacob sets out these sticks before the strong sheep when they're mating. And then they bear spotted sheep. This is weird. It's like, just go read. I think that's Genesis chapter 30 or 31. Go read it. It's weird. <laughs> um, so he, th- there's this whole thing these two swindlers are just swindling back and forth for some sheep basically um (laughs) and after after jacob works for a little while longer doing that our real god shows up and commands jacob to return to his homeland um he actually comes to him in another dream and and tells him jacob it was me who blessed you with good favor all this time with your uncle. I have seen what your uncle Laban has been doing to you. And I've blessed you with good favor and with this livestock. Newsflash. It was me who was with you. Right. (laughs) Newsflash. And I Uh think, I just wonder if that was a humbling moment for Jacob. Like the Lord comes to him and basically says, I've been with you. Remember the promise I made you? I've been doing it. I've been with you. You thought you were outsmarting your uncle or you thought you were doing whatever. It was me who was doing that for you. And so what's really kind of amazing is Jacob listens. God says, go back to your homeland. Jacob listens and he gets up and he gets out of there. But just like the, you know, swindly guy he is, he sneaks out of there. He just yeah. whoop, like God told me to go and he sneaks right away. Yeah. Oh, man. And yeah. you know what? Laban is not happy about that. Um, no. No. And, but I think the thing that made Laban most unhappy is Somebody stole his household gods. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, I know he was unhappy that late, that Jacob snuck out of there. But it seemed like when I read the account, you know, the first thing he did was search Jacob's camp for his household gods. Now, we find out it was actually Rachel that stole those things. Um, but he thinks Jacob did it. And mm-hmm. but, you know, wait, hold on, because let's pause for a moment. What's with the household gods and the whole divination thing? That that just mm-hmm. kind of bothers me. And Rachel mm-hmm. stole them. So does that imply then that she was worshiping them? And if Probably. she's worship, yeah, I mean, if she's worshiping worshiping them, how many others in Jacob's household are worshiping them? Their god, those gods. And mm-hmm. did Jacob himself worship them? I mean, he's supposed to be worshiping the one true God that revealed himself in right. Bethel. And so now, the our God, the, the God of Abraham and Isaac has revealed himself to him in a dream and told him to go back to so is he still worshiping those gods? We don't really know. Yeah. So we you know, it's still his commitment to the God of Abraham and Isaac is still very tenuous at this point. It's not like yeah. he's some spiritual giant yet. Right. He's um, still not sold out or no, like all in with God or something. He's really mm-hmm. not. And so I think that's really important for us to see. But I think this dream that sends him back to Canaan is a turning point for him in his mm-hmm. relationship. And then yeah. Laban says to him, I have the power to harm you when he's inspecting his camp and he's pursued him. And he says, but last night, the God of your father said to me, 
be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. That was interesting, Mm. either good or bad. And then Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) in Genesis 31, 42, he says, if the God of my father, Jacob, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty handed. Jacob's just Mm. realizing all of this. He says, but Mm -hmm. God has seen my hardship and the toil of my hands. And last night he rebuked you, Laban. Yeah, it's finally registering with Jacob and he testifies about this God of his to his swindler father-in-law. And, mm-hmm. you know, finally things are starting to, to you know, gel. In yeah. Jacob and he's, I, yeah, it's a real transformative yeah. time for him. It sounds like it. It yeah. sounds like he's, I think he's finally mm-hmm. beginning to get it. Yeah. Like, oh, if God had not been with me. You would have harmed me. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. What's happening? Like, it's kind of dawning on him. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe he's finally beginning to get this. And another reason I think that is because shortly after this, we see the, the things still stirring in Jacob's heart. We see yeah. this scene where Jacob comes before the Lord and prays this extremely humble prayer before God, which is just really interesting. So, you know, Laban and Jacob part ways, Laban doesn't harm him. They part ways kind of saying they'll never see each other again, sort of thing. And um, Jacob continues on his way back to Canaan where he's headed. Um, But on his way, he sends messengers ahead of him to go ahead and meet his brother Esau. You know, remember his brother? Remember his brother who the last time he saw him wanted to kill him? So Jacob's getting closer to home and he's like, "Uh, we got to see about this Esau problem. And so he starts sending messengers ahead to see about his brother. And they come back to him, these messengers, and say, Esau is coming out to meet you. Oh, yeah. With 400 with men. With 400 men, oh, by the way. Yeah. Great. Awesome. So yeah. Jacob now this moment is terrified. Like, yeah. here comes my brother who hates me with 400 men. And this is the moment where he gets down on his knees. I mean, I don't I don't know if he was on his knees, but he prays this great prayer. And I just yeah. picture him like getting down on his knees. And, and he gets real with our real God and asks for help from God. And listen to this prayer he prays. This is in Genesis chapter 32, verses 9 through 12. He says... O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I'm afraid he will come and attack me and also the mothers with their children. But you have said to me, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. He just falls on his knees and begs the Lord for help. And he draws upon what God has already promised him. The promises God has already given him, along with the kindness that God has already shown to him so far. And that's what he draws upon, his, his experiences with God. And, you know, this determined, grasping, bullheaded guy just lays down his rights right there, recognizes his unworthiness and calls upon the Lord to keep his promise. I think something is stirring in his heart, something stirring in his heart here, because this is the most humility we've seen from him yet. And the most trust we've seen in God from him yet. So something's stirring there, I think. Yeah. And you know, the hum, the humility was definitely there, but it was okay. It was a little short lived because the next thing we see is Jacob on the Jabbok, he sent his all of that wave after wave of livestock gifts to Esau. And then he mm-hmm. sends his wives and all of his possessions across the Jabbok River 
And he stays alone that night. And a, a man, capital M, because we know this man is God, comes uh-huh. and wrestles with him that night on that shore of the Jabbok. And hmm. in this wrestling, and, and we see again Jacob's bullheaded determination. And that makes him a pretty good wrestler. So yeah. here's what happens in Genesis 32, 26 through 30. The man said, let me go for it is daybreak. Jacob says, nope, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Mm-hmm. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? That he wrestling yep. for a blessing. This time, though, it's mm-hmm. not through deceit. It's through sheer will. The man asked yeah. him, what is your name? He says, Jacob. Then, and remember what Jacob means, the deceiver. Grass heel, grass the heel, heel yeah. Right. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. And remember that a name in this culture was the very character of the person. It described, described their character, not just what they called them, but their very character. And he mm-hmm. replied, the man replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed Jacob there. So Jacob Mm. called the place Nile, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Wow, that's a humbling moment. It was. But here's the thing. You you know, you can't come away from any wrestling match without bruises. And and Jacob didn't, didn't come away from this one without being affected. And verse 25 tells us that when the man saw that he could not overpower Jacob, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. And so basically, hmm. Jacob walked with a limp for the rest of his life. Yeah, um, that's a reminder. <laughs> it is. It was a reminder for Jacob mm-hmm. every single moment of his life of his bullheadedness, first of all. Uh-huh. Um, and, and there are consequences to every, every decision we make. And there were consequences mm-hmm. for Jacob's bullheadedness and, and for that grasping that, that he did yeah. his whole life. When he swindled Esau twice, there were mm-hmm. lifelong consequences in that relationship. When he kissed Rachel, you know, it fouled up his family relationship. Yeah. Four wives out of that decision. Um, you know, when you swindle mm-hmm. your uncle, you're going to get swindled back. And, right. <laughs> you know, in this wrestling match and you, you wrestle hard and you are that determined. That part earned him a new name. So Mm -hmm. the consequences don't necessarily have to be bad if you're determined to follow the the good things. You know, if you're determined to grasp the good things. So, yeah, Yeah, well, he got he got a lifelong limp out of that wrestling match. But he did also get this new name, this blessing that he held on for. And his new name, Israel, actually means struggles with God is what it means. That's that's what. Uh, the man told him it means. And right. so I like how Jacob's new name was changed, but it was changed to something similar right. to what it meant before, just kind of slightly yeah. different. You know, yeah. our real God changes his name from grasps the heel, which was this Hebrew idiom for deceiver to struggles with God or grasps at God, if you will. Yeah. It's kind of the same sort of feeling yeah. I get um, yeah. out of this, this new name. And, you know, you can just see how Jacob's life is moving from one who just grasps at anything he wants with this kind of bullheaded determination and refuses to let go with deceit and and swindling and changing to one who grasps at God 
unwilling to let go. And I think that's a a cool sort of shift that's happening here. So it seems he still has a little ways to go or a long ways to go in really like grasping after God wholeheartedly. But I just love this change that's, that's taking place and how our real God has been working this change in his heart, I think, um, and, and being with him and showing him how he's been with him and, and stirring up some humility and some change in Jacob's heart. And I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jacob's not really completely changed totally. Man, every time I want to say, look, he's doing great. You just come back with this, like, and then he messes it up again. But you know, that's my life. That's my life. too. If anybody says, She's doing great. And then tomorrow, well, no, she's not. I know. It's that whole, you know, one step forward, two steps back thing. Bless her. Yeah. Yeah. Genesis 33. He's reunited with Esau. And that goes really well. It does. Yeah. You know, he meets Esau and he bows seven times. Esau runs to him and they embrace, they hug and kiss and begin weeping. That's kind of amazing. It is. It's a beautiful picture. And I mean, it, it is amazing. And then. Mm-hmm. He Esau invites him back to Seir, the mountains where his his home is, and and Jacob, oh Jacob, dog on it, he says, you know, yeah, I'll come to Seir, I'll, I'll, but you know, I, you don't don't worry about us, we'll we'll come, we go too slow for you, you guys go on, don't wait we'll, for me, it's don't fine, wait for me, it's fine, we'll be there in a little bit, mm-hmm. and he never, he didn't intend to go there oh, he Jacob. turns and he goes to Sukkoth and they camp at Sukkoth for a while and then they move on to the city of Shechem and you know what that decision that deception uh, really like you said just it bites him in the butt it's really not mm-hmm. good because his daughter ends up raped in Shechem his sons mm. become murderers there they kill all ah. the men in that city because of that, Jacob is terrified that the surrounding tribes will attack them in yeah. retribution for that. Yeah. And all of these things were because David, I'm sorry, not David, Jacob did it my way. You know, it's that Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. song. I did it my way. <laughs> right. No, but he did. Mm-mm. And it, it, God appears to him again in a dream. And he says, okay, Jacob, you, you need to return. To Bethel, return to that yeah. place where we first met. And so, what yeah. does Jacob do? He does it. Yeah. He he obeys. He Jacob did. obeys and heads back to Bethel. Um, before he sets out for Bethel, he removes all the idols from his household, which yeah. is really cool. You know, we were talking about that earlier. He he removes all the idols from his household and he he buries them under a tree, which I don't really know what that's about. I don't know what <laughs> kind of funny. But he gets rid of them and and he sets out for Bethel. And even as they leave Shechem, our real God protects Jacob once again by causing a a fear to fall on all the people so that no one pursues him. Because remember, he was afraid they're going to come at me with retribution for what my sons have done. He was right. But God protects him again. Right. But our real God protects him again. I will be with you. I will bring you back to this land. This is our God doing those things. So God gets him out of there. He finally arrives back at Bethel. And this is the place where our real God first met him. The first encounter he had with God when he was fleeing home and fleeing from his brother Esau's wrath. We're coming full circle here. He comes back to this place 
And this time he's got all his his wives, his sons, his servants, his livestock, all the blessings God Thanks has given him. Thanks for listening him. to Real People, Real God. He comes back with all the things God has done. If you enjoyed done, this episode, just, please take a moment really cool to give to us this a five-star really cool rating on iTunes. Um, and he builds, he builds another real altar there. To and our real and God our real speaks God to him again. This is in Genesis 35, 10 through 12. God says, your name is Jacob. You know, sort of like the essence of who you are is heel grasper. We talked about that. Um, But you will no longer be called Jacob. Your name and your character will be Israel, which means struggles with God. Um, So he named him Israel. And then God reminds him of this Abrahamic blessing that we've talked about. And he says, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and increase in number. A nation and a community of nations will come from you. And kings will be among your descendants. The land I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I also give to you. And I will give this land to your descendants after you. And so God renames him and affirms, reaffirms this covenant. At this time, back at this place where he first met God, when God speaks a promise over Jacob this time, instead of retorting with that, okay, sure, prove it, God. Yeah, we'll yep. see. Do you know what Jacob does? He sets up a pillar and he pours a drink offering on it and he pour, pours some oil over it. That's cool. Okay. That is, to me, is a beautiful picture of a changing life. You know, he's probably not there yet because I'm sure we'll see other things. You've always got something for me. Like, well, yep. he's going to turn around. But he's changing and yeah. he's becoming new. This is a beautiful picture of a changing man. Yeah. And I just love that. Yeah. Jacob, love it. You know, he he has taken quite a journey and his journey's not over. There's more things, you know, that we'll, we'll mm-hmm. see in, in coming podcasts. But it has been a, a quite a journey and he is on his way. It is a process and he's on that process. Yeah. So it's a great way to wrap up today's chat and actually wrap yeah. up the month of August because Lindsay and I are going to take a break from Real People, Real God for the rest of yeah. this month so I can move to North Carolina. So um, the next time. New we, life. I know. I'm excited. It'll be fun. Yeah. The next time we come back will be Friday, September 16th when we will look at Jacob's story. Um, continuing through one of his sons, Joseph. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. So um, to be sure you don't miss a single episode of Real People, Real God, you can subscribe on iTunes or Android or Stitcher or listen to it on Misu's Friday blog, which is at www.misuandrews.com slash blog. And the notes for each podcast are available on the blog as well on the date of the podcast. And you can post comments and questions on there. And if you have a question specifically for me or for Misu, just ask us by name on there and we would love to reply to you. All right, everybody, come back next time and remember, be real.